You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Uh, Ivan, looking forward to another fun episode today. It's uh, one that I've been looking forward to diving into what uh, what our guest has to tell us about today. So I'll let you go ahead and introduce him and we'll kick it off. Hey, I'm Ivan Zak. Excited to introduce a colleague of mine and our team member, Dr. Andrew Ciccolini. Andrew is the dynamic leader who oversees visionary operations, teams, and improvement initiatives. He possesses a background in the U.S. Army, where he worked his way up from Associate Veterinarian to VP of Operations. In addition to his doctorate in veterinary medicine, he has master's in organizational leadership. Andrew is a medical director at the National Mill Dog Rescue, a large nonprofit located in Peyton, Colorado. In Galaxy Vets, Andrew is the director of nonprofit initiatives. Andrew, thank you for coming and welcome to the show. Thanks, Ivan and Ryan. I appreciate you inviting me on. So, Andrew, you you added to to the Galaxy team on a special sort of topic and uh, and the reason. Um, and we had this uh, this vision for long term sort of nonprofit organization as, uh, alongside with the Galaxy. But what is that special occasion, and why did we kick it off earlier? Yeah, so it got launched quicker than we expected due to the tragedy occurring in Ukraine at the hands of, of Russia's unjust war. And because of our background and, of course, you, Ivan, being a native to Ukraine and also a lot of our employees currently living and working in Ukraine, it just took on an extra significance for Galaxy Vets. And we wanted to launch an initiative to be able to help pet owners and pets within Ukraine to the best of our ability. And so that's what we've done. And thank you for doing that. That really is uh, inspiring our team and especially the team in Ukraine that, uh, you know, everybody's feeling sort of helpless sometimes and they want to do more for the country. But since we decided that we help animals, that's what we can do and contribute. So I'll jump on this sort of topic from your previous experiences with disaster. Um, why is it important when there's a problem, the, the humanitarian catastrophes like wars, hurricanes and things like that? Why is it important to also think about the pets and what's happening with them? Absolutely. That's a great question. And I think at least in North America, what most people think of when we talk about this topic is Hurricane Katrina. It was really just a, a formative event in terms of considering animals when it comes to disasters. Because for those that don't remember, because it, it was quite a while ago now, a lot of people refused to evacuate because there wasn't a way for them to take their pets with them. And so that put a lot of people in danger as well. They conducted a poll afterwards and actually about 45% of the people that didn't evacuate her from Hurricane Katrina when they should have did it specifically because of their companion animals. Um, wow. when, and we can all remember t, you know, TV footage, you know, news footage of them going to try to rescue people and they're on their roof with their dogs and they're refusing to take the people's pets with them. And so people didn't want to leave and put themselves in, in harm's way. 
Um, so we really need to take pets into consideration because people will go to extensive lengths and put themselves at risk just for their companion animals. And on top of that, just the emotional support they provide during such a traumatic time is crucial. It really helps people get through those challenging situations. Uh, so anything we can do to support that is really important. Yeah, it's uh, in, uh, I'm also in on the Canadian Reserve team. We don't have uh, military, we don't have veterinarians in the military in Canada, but there's a division that's called, uh, it's a disaster response sort of team. So I'm, I'm on that team as well. And we went through the training when, you know, there, there are different things that can happen, especially in the situation where there's lots of casualties um, due to, well, in this war, there's, there's a lot. And uh, if there's a lot of abandoned animals, then the epidemiologic situation becomes um, becomes also of a question. So, and of course, in the active war that is happening right now in Ukraine, it's probably not the first that they're think thing that they're thinking about, but it's something to consider is the second and, and third wave of of response that the the you know that, that needs to happen. So, so that's why we're doing we're doing this. But <clears throat> the long term vision, I also want to talk a little bit about the Galaxy Vets Foundation because it was in our plans. One of the things that we're doing as a part of our burnout prevention strategy, we want to get down to as close as we can to zero economic euthanasia because that seems to be one of the burdens that that pushes veterinarians into this burnout state. I think that I keep saying it; it's kind of a harsh way the way I'm saying it but i always say that we're the only profession in which if you can't pay you kill your client like that is how i feel and you know not to be taken maybe as galaxy statement but as a veterinarian and the person who burned out uh, that was one of the things that came to mind to me that this is what we do so right now galaxy has this sort of mission through economic instruments and through whatever we can do get closer to the zero economic euthanasia and um and uh this is this is why we're doing this long term so after the ukraine which hopefully will resolve soon and we can help there we also can help uh with the uh with providing care to those that can't afford it or don't have the access to care which is one of the mission statement statements of galaxy vets and how did you how did you end up in the nonprofit sort of shelter world what is your career journey how did it bring you to it yeah, my career journey has been a little bit unusual. You mentioned I, I served in the Army. So I graduated from Ohio State University Veterinary School in 2011, and I went straight into active duty Army. And so I did that for about nine years and left active duty and trying to find a, a new way in life. Initially, just worked as an associate veterinarian. And it was really luck and timing that got me into the National Mill Dog Rescue I've always had this passion for nonprofit work and uh, charity work. So it was a natural fit for me. And I've absolutely loved working with that organization. They do such a great job. I've learned a ton about nonprofit work and just really got lucky that the opportunity came available with Galaxy Vets as well. And I was quick to jump on that because it's such an important mission. And I just love what Galaxy Vets long-term goal for the foundation is as well. You're, you're one of those vets that I love talking to because you're, you know, it's not a straight line. And, and a lot of our colleagues are, you know, they're going through burnout. They're saying that there's 40, 40% of veterinarians that want to leave our profession because of lack of work-life balance. And, and my, you know, my thought was last year before we did the survey, which we're repeating for the third time this year, was that it's also because we have this, 
you know, the, we have this such a goal attached to becoming a veterinarian, but once we do, it's almost like that goal is not existent anymore. We don't set new goals. So your pivot in the career, it's very interesting to me because you're one of those people that became a vet, but then you could be in the military as a vet. You can work in nonprofit as a vet. You can now, now help animals in Ukraine. And so it's just such a diverse pivot in the career that we can do. And people that are really feeling burnout by doing the same thing over and over, I think veterinary and uh, veterinary profession opens so many opportunities that you can utilize. But a little more on the um, on the foundation. So what are we doing in Ukraine and how we're helping pets and the pet owners in Ukraine? Absolutely. So the the main initiative has been to provide free telehealth services to pet owners within Ukraine. Uh, so we have a website set up that Ukrainian pet owners can, can go in. They don't have to sign up for anything. They can just start talking to a North American veterinary professionals right, right away about their pet to get some advice. And we are staffing that through a group of North American volunteers of veterinary technicians and veterinarians. And actually we've have a number of volunteers in some other countries as well. It's not just been North America. And so people can go on there, whatever question they have, whether it's just routine or it's emergent, um, and as quickly as possible, we'll get someone to answer that question and try to get them the best help they can for their pet. Um, we have about 170 volunteers right now, which is awesome. It's been really fun working with our volunteers. We've created a great community and we've had you know, this is, we're still in our first month of launching this. We've had a, a thousand different requests from, from pet owners already. Uh, so I really feel like we're, we're making an impact. We've had a lot of positive feedback from pet owners within Ukraine, just thanking us for the help we've provided and our volunteers as well. You know, I, I really have to give credit to them because like you talked about the burnout issues within veterinary medicine, they're already so overwhelmed with their normal day job, and yet they're still taking time to volunteer and help. And it's it's been a positive for them. It hasn't added additional stress. They really enjoy doing it. And I think it provides that important sense of purpose for them and just kind of helps, helps them kind of regain the purpose of why they became a veterinarian to begin with. Um, and so it's been really positive and awesome. So Andrew, outside of the the fact that, I mean, it, it feels good. It's the right, it feels like obviously it's the right thing to do. And it's one of those things that I think everyone on the team can wake up, even if it's a difficult day that we're having or something and know that we're doing something positive to impact you know, animals across the world. What sort of business value is there there? Because there might be people that say, hey, Galaxy Vets, you know, you're a consolidator, you're a group that's buying practices, focus on that and, and let, uh, let another organization handle these sort of things. But, but what are the things that we're learning through the foundation that we want to apply to Galaxy Vets as a whole? That's an excellent question, Ryan. And I'm actually going to take us on a little bit of a tangent, but I promise I'll, I'll get back to your question. So what Galaxy Vets is doing by standing up a charitable foundation is what we call corporate social responsibility or abbreviated CSR. And CSR basically states that beyond a business's just profit-making endeavors, they actually try to have a positive impact on the world and the communities that they work in, regardless of the profit it provides them. So we see this a lot through different organizations. And um, what you often see with bigger companies is they don't really think about CSR until they've already started making money. And so it's kind of a, a secondary project that 
they take on and it, it never really gets integrated with our culture. So that's why I'm really proud of Galaxy Vets for starting at the beginning, since Galaxy is still very much a startup and they already have a CSR initiative, it'll really become a part of the culture and it'll, it'll be more sustainable. Uh, so an example of CSR is, you know, say Galaxy Vets could provide funding for sustainable palm oil production in Indonesia. And that would objectively be a good thing. And no one would really fault us for funding that. In fact, it would probably give us some positive press and uh, make employees happy that we're making a positive impact. But the downside of that is the second there's a, there's a change in the economy or the business isn't doing as well, that's going to be the first thing that gets chopped. When they need to, when the finances get tight, CSR often goes by the wayside. So there's a newer concept of CSR now called strategic CSR. And this is going to get to your question where the CSR initiatives are aligned with business goals and they're mutually beneficial of each other. And this is what I think we're doing with the Galaxy Vets Foundation and specifically this project within Ukraine. Some of the benefits for Galaxy Vets are we're getting to test out our telemedicine platform. We're working out kinks, understanding what the needs are and really just gaining a lot of information that'll help us on the business side when we launch it within North America. Also within the veterinary community, there's just not a lot of comfort with telemedicine. Despite the pandemic, it just really wasn't picked up that well and people are still very uncomfortable with it. And so we're actually developing a comfort level with, within veterinary professionals that are volunteering with us. You know, so I, I think I already said we already have 170 volunteers, we'll likely get more. And that's just gonna spread awareness of telemedicine. And that's gonna be a pool of people that have some experience and can share it with others and just grow the veterinary community's ability to provide this service. So that's how I, some other ways I think this is really gonna benefit Galaxy Vets. And certainly the foundation, its other goals down the line will also be very, very aligned with Galaxy Vets business objectives. And our goal should always be to benefit the business as well, because that that makes it sustainable. You know, the, when there's a downturn, they're not gonna want to cut the strategic CSR initiatives because it drives business and drives profit on the business side. I think one of the biggest fallacies you see in nonprofit work is we often think that people working for a nonprofit shouldn't be paid well. Uh, there shouldn't be a really any benefit to anybody except for whatever the charity is directed towards. And this is really comes from, at least in the US, the kind of Puritan background that we have where charity work was like a penance that everyone was required to do for their sins. And it wasn't really to be enjoyed. It was just something you had to do so that you could be saved. Uh, and I think that's a really hurtful thing for nonprofits because a lot of nonprofits are trying to solve big problems. And you can't do that if you can't attract good talent because you don't pay well. Um, or businesses don't want to partner with you because they can't benefit as well. But that's what we want. We want them to benefit, and that will drive the sustainability of the nonprofit. So sorry about that little tangent, but there's just some of my theories and backgrounds on, on nonprofit work. And like I said, I'm really proud of Galaxy for launching strategic CSR right from the get-go. Thank you for that question, and, and Ryan, and that answer, Andrew, because... Essentially, that th that is true. That that's you know. I think that by doing telemedicine in a non for profit for someone in need, not only that 
creates a purpose for people. And, and that's the main thing that I, that I saw lacking in most consolidators. They lack purpose. Their purpose is buying clinics and then reselling them at a higher multiple. That's, that's their purpose. Our purpose is to decrease the burnout in the chain domain and provide the access to care where and, and when pets need it. So, and the telemedicine has been such a hype in our domain for the last five plus years. Everybody's talking about it, the VCPR and all of that stuff. The cool thing, and to the listeners that do want to contribute and, and want to help us with the, uh, with the, to helping animals in Ukraine, there's no VCPR for us in Ukraine. There's war and there's people who need help. And your knowledge is easily donated and it doesn't have, you're not, you don't have to fly to Ukraine. This is not something that's happening. You can do it at the comfort of your home if you have an hour. You don't have, there's no dedication to shifts. It's basically you can help, um, you can help with as much or as little time as you have. And that's all that is required for it. So Andrew, can you help us understand, sort of build the visual? What is it like to be a volunteer for this initiative? And uh, and uh, what where do people need to go to find out about this and, and join if they want to? Yeah, so the, the way to start is to go to our foundation website and just click the link to sign up as a volunteer. And shortly after that, you'll receive an email with all the information you need to, to sign up. One of the best things that we have going right now is we have a Slack account specifically for our volunteers. And that way, we've that's where we've really created this community where everyone can kind of, all the volunteers can talk with each other, get tech support, ask any questions they have. Um, and it's been great to see everybody on there and get to know everybody. And we also have some training videos that will just post it on YouTube that will show them how to use the chat system. And it, we're using a system called live chat and you can use a web-based browser or even use an app, whichever you prefer. And the training video is only about nine minutes and that's about all you need to, to be able to use it. Log on there and you can start answering questions right away. Uh, we do ask volunteers to sign up for shifts as well through our Calendly account, just so we kind of have oversight of which shifts are covered and where we're kind of lacking. Uh, so that's really the system. It's once It can be a little bit overwhelming at first. I think most volunteers, once they've kind of had a chance to do one shift, it, it's pretty straightforward for them. And, as, and like I said, we have that Slack channel. We're constantly available and helping people out with any concerns they have. Thank you. Thank you for that explanation. And um, so the, uh, the the other thing that we're that we're doing and actually soon to be launched. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about our initiative that uh, we're partnering with the with the Pet Hub and uh, and what that's going to look like? Maybe and maybe there's clinics that want to join us and help us with it. And, and how do they contact us to engage in that? Yeah. So Pet Hub is a producer of tags for pets that actually have a QR code on there where say your pet gets lost and you know someone in the neighborhood finds your pet, they can actually just scan that tag and it will ping you to the location of where your pet is and also provide that person with the information to contact you. And I think you know the question always comes up about those tags is, well, isn't that the point of a microchip? But when someone finds your pet, they don't have a microchip scanner. You know They have to go to a vet clinic or to a rescue to get that scanned. So the tag provides that immediate service um, so I think it's a, a great idea. And they actually went ahead and donated 500 tags to our foundation. And so what we're asking for is veterinary clinics that are willing to put them out on their shelf and accept donations in exchange for the tag and then provide that back to the foundation. Uh, so we do need a few 
few veterinary clinics willing to partner with us on that. And the best way, again, is just to go to our website and there's a link for partnering and that should allow them to contact us directly. That's awesome. That's going to be really cool. And the I remember when we were at one of the conferences, uh, I believe Ivan and I were together in, in Orlando and, and saw the, the demo of that software. It's a really cool, really cool piece to see there. Um, yeah, very, very excited, man. Andrew, every time I talk, feel like I talk to you or catch up with you, you've got, you guys have something new that you've added to the foundation to be able to help grow the reach. So that's really cool to see what you guys are doing. Absolutely. I even have more if you want to hear about it. Go ahead. That's what we're here for. So I think it's really important to, again, go back to aligning with Galaxy's vision of preventing employee burnout. And so we've actually partnered with uh, Dr. Claire, who's a family physician and psychologist, who's going to provide both individual and group emotional wellness support to our volunteers, because some of the work we're doing in Ukraine can be emotionally challenging. You know, this can be difficult to help walk a pet owner through a situation where that that pet really can't get the care that they need and it could be a tragic situation. And so we want to make sure that support is there for our volunteers as well. Uh, so that's something we, we've launched as well. That's awesome. Andrew, so long-term vision for, for Galaxy. So when this Ukrainian uh, situation will, will resolve, can you talk a little bit more about what we're thinking about the sort of the foster homes and, and how we, are we thinking of connecting with those and, and connecting them back to the network? Yeah. So long long term outside of ukraine for the foundation we we want to partner with um, pet rescue networks within wherever we have hospitals preferably within one, one of our solar systems to help them get the care that they need for their pets prior to them being adopted because that can be one of the biggest financial stresses for a rescue is the veterinary care needed especially if they're taking on more difficult cases and i think if we if we partner with them to get the care within our hospitals, and then we can provide that those records to the adopter if they stay within an area where we're located, they're much more likely to, to come use Galaxy in the future. And so that benefits both the rescue network and hopefully the business as well as it drives uh, additional clients. So that's kind of one of our long-term goals. Yeah, that's great. And that that's actually an, another part of this strategic corporate social responsibility where it's not something that you have to tick the box as a company or a corporation. We need to have, you know, uh, CSR in our strategy, but it's actually what we are doing is a part of it. So so I'm I'm really excited to have you on, on the team and your your set of skills is, is amazing to actually drive these initiatives. So thank you for joining us. And we always end the episode with um, with the same couple questions. One of them, is there a book, YouTube video or TED talk or something that you could recommend to our listeners? I think for books, one of one of either of two books would be really beneficial. There's a book called When Helping Hurts, and there's another one called Toxic Charity. They both kind of have the same take home message. You can read either one. It just talks about how sometimes, you know, doing charity work or nonprofit work can be harmful. Um, so just being very thoughtful in how you're going about it. Um, so both those books would be pretty, really beneficial. Yeah, that's great. We certainly bumped into some of these issues. And, and I actually went to uh, read this book when you mentioned it last time. Now, now I remember it. Um, now we're doing a lot of work in Canada now to help Ukrainian families to to come to Canada. And then there's 
there's certain uh, accountability responsibility comes with it and uh, it can become toxic doing doing good for people so so thank you for that recommendation and the second question we usually ask uh, is there anybody on the team that could help us understand better the um, the galaxy infrastructure and how we go about building things and maybe something specific to um, how the technology is put together because you had to uh, deal with the, the team members that were not only creating the the telemedicine itself as a solution but uh, but also the technological background for it as well as support so is there someone on our team that you would like to invite to the next episode yeah i think if you're looking for someone who can talk to the technology piece, definitely Captain Rory is your next person to go to. Excellent. Well, Captain Rory, it is for the next episode. Andrew, well, thank you. I know you're busy uh, with all the initiatives that you're running. Thank you for finding the time to join us here. And uh, and I'm uh, looking forward to see you during our uh, team calls. Thanks so much for having me. It's really appreciate the opportunity to create this foundation and excited about the future for it as well. Cheers. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at vetintegrations.com.